This program is made possible entirely by the support of listeners just like you. For details on becoming a member or making a one-time donation, please visit bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, Citizen Radio, The Progressive, The Onion Radio News, The Colbert Report, Countdown with Keith Olbermann, and The Daily Show with a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users from The Colbert Report. There's uh, this uh, evangelical Christian hate group called uh, Repent Amarillo, and there's no other way to describe it other than a hate group. Um, they uh, target gays, liberal, Christians, uh, Muslims, environmentalists, breast cancer events that do not highlight abortion, Halloween, spring break events, and pornography shops. Uh, targeting breast cancer events, that's classy. Uh, targeting Halloween, that's sane. Yeah, spring break, yeah, that's disastrous for America. Uh, th that'll work in targeting those guys. So these guys are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but uh, that's kind of the almost the funny side of it because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but there's a very, very serious side to it. First, they've been known for a couple of things they've done before. They boy boycotted Houston for electing a gay uh, mayor, and Houston hasn't been the same, man. Since Repent Amarillo hasn't been in there, oof, uh, Houston's a disaster. That boycott was probably the single worst boycott in recorded history. Uh, so that's not too serious. But then they were going to open up a, a, a play in a community theater about persecution of homosexuals during Nazi Germany. And these guys disrupted the play over and over again. They called the fire marshals, etc., and they couldn't put the play on that night. Okay. It's about homosexual persecution during Nazi Germany. All right. Uh, then it gets really silly. They were uh, bothering staffers at a nature preserve. What the hell? Why a nature preserve? What's wrong with a nature preserve? They say they're practicing witchcraft. That they're, you know, uh, worshiping nature and that God is against that. Okay, so now all of this is ridiculous. And then one last thing. Um, their name is the Army of God. That's the literal translation of Hezbollah. So, that's why uh, blogger Charles Johnson calls them the American Taliban. I mean, it's a perfect analogy. Now, you're going to see uh, that analogy, unfortunately, in action. We've got a video of them targeting a swingers club in their town. Now, what you're going to see is young men in fatigues. They go and they show up and they harass people night in and night out. Uh, let's check out the details. Mapped out uh, places of spiritual concern for Christians around Amarillo. Namely, uh, sexually oriented businesses, places associated with occult or witchcraft activities. And then we uh, went out against a swingers club, which was operating. It was an on-premise sex club. One, two, three. We're up. Raven Ministries is here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Rock 66 Swingers Club. This place is a piece of demonic tongue. It's stinking up our city, and we intend to get rid of it. They told me point blank in face to face that it didn't matter what I did, where I went, that they would find me and they would follow me. The other night we were out at, outside of town at a private residence. Sure enough, here they are. Two thirds or three quarters of the people that come in this building are regulars that I've known for years but I have no idea what their last name is because everything done here is on a first name basis. A couple, a new couple, first time them to be uh, to show up can uh, be here three or four hours whenever they leave Raven Ministries will call them by first last name know where they live, know where they work they've called people's employer I know of uh, two that are associated with this particular club that has lost their jobs. This, the Repent Amarillo Raven Ministries group is very, very scary. You have seen their websites. Everything is militant and stuff and guns and tanks and helicopters and, you know, uh, service to air missiles. No one knows for sure 
what they're going to do or what they will end up doing. It's like I stated before, there's times that I've gone out to my truck, I'm not sure if it's going to start, if it's going to blow up, if this is going to be my last day on this earth or not. It's important for Christians to stand for righteousness as well as preach the gospel. Because the scriptures say in Ephesians 5.11, it says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That is very, very scary, man. They're taking men license plates, following them home, figuring out who they are, where they live, where they work. And those guys show up in the middle of Texas on a night. And that is nothing but a whole heap of trouble. And I hope to God that the cops down there have their eyes on these guys. Because they are militarized, they call themselves the army of God, and they think it is their job to judge people. That is a very scary combination. I mean, all right, let's see what happens here. Uh, but if they commit any act of violence, that is the exact definition of terrorism. They are trying to terrorize these people. Okay. Now, there are bounds of reason on what they can say, where they can go, where they can't go. There are legal uh, you know, distinctions there that are important. Okay, because everybody's got a right to speech in this country, and they can say what they want to say. But the question is, you know, when you get into people's private lives, where are you stepping uh, beyond the law? But that's one part of it. Now, we haven't seen the violence yet. I want everybody to understand that, right? So, but as you look at that, I mean, I, how do you not get concerned about that? And if they do step in that direction, the government better come down on them like a ton of bricks, man army of God hell no hell no no that's that that looks just like Muslim fundamentalism and so I suppose the conservatives in this country should be very much against that group right well let's see how it turns out well early in the morning about the break of day I asked the Lord help me find a way help me find a way Would you say that homosexuality is better, worse, or the same as pedophilia? Uh, wait, what? Is it better, worse? Well, it's equal. equal. That's what. That's our so take on it. Pedophiles are pedophiles because they are homosexuals. How many times well, do I have to make that point? Actually, most pedophiles identify as heterosexual. I wouldn't know. I don't. You know, you probably know more than I do. But doesn't that seem like something that maybe you should research on, considering uh, you are kicking out homosexuals? Are, are the only reason you've been kicking out homosexuals because you think they're pedophiles? Oh, I never thought of that. Yes, that's what I've been doing. Oh, well, <laughs> then that kind of ties to our next point. Go ahead. Well, if you're going to kick out uh, pedophiles for being homosexual, then maybe you should be also kicking out the members of the congregation who are sexually assaulting young boys since they are in fact homosexual. Uh, that is so... Let's, let's, let's address this pedophilia head on, okay? You know, it's all... It's such a glass 
half-empty way of looking at things. You realize any priest who is a pedophile, you know, uh, he's probably not masturbating. And masturbation is the true sin. So if we can keep the priests from masturbating, you know, that's the important thing. Let's think of that half full but, of masturbation. But wouldn't you say that masturbation maybe is the kind of biological release that is imperative to walking around? I mean, maybe the reason that some of these priests are so pent up is because they don't masturbate and they have just decades of sort of pent up uh, blue balls. And that's why they walk around in this sort of religious rape rage and they finally snap. Whereas if they had a natural release like masturbation, uh, maybe they wouldn't uh, take out their sexual frustrations on boys, on the most vulnerable targets that are around them. Uh, you know, God wants you to have blue balls. It's in the Bible. I don't know. That's the way. I don't know if that is in the Bible. I don't remember reading that. Um, yes, I believe, uh, Matthew, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I heard Matthew, yeah. but did you just kind of trail off? Yeah, it was, crazy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, I was just handed, uh, by your, your publicist, yes. I, which I also want to get into, uh, the whole money issue, but, uh, I guess you're... I, I actually, I wrote a song. Yeah. Uh, covered a song, Bon Jovi and I, we got together, we were talking about this whole pedophilia hype, right. you know, and uh, we got us singing, and do you mind if I play a little song? Well, you're holding your guitar, so I Thank kind of you. assume. Okay. Yes. Once upon a time, not so long ago, Baron Kaiser from the Oakland Archdiocese Tied up and molested two boys in a church rectory oh, It's covered up I covered it up Reverend Murphy taught at St. John's School for the Deaf Molested more than 200 deaf children It's covered up Covered up because I said we've got to hold on to what we've got because it doesn't make a difference if it's against the law. I've got a diplomatic immunity, and that's a lot for the Pope. We'll give it a shot. My ring will make it, I swear. Oh, I'm living on a prayer. And also, diplomatic communities, since the Vatican is its own nation state, I can't be called upon to testify on the cover ups I made when I was Cardinal Ratzinger. Ratzinger. Ooh, one more time. Thank you very much. Wait, wait, stop. Wait, this is enormous. I have to point out that that song was entirely a series of confessions that you appear to have made. Confessions? That it's all in the papers. Complicit in covering up child molestations. Are you, are you, is this a cry for help? You really take lyrics. <laughs> Seriously? Well, there wasn't really room for there. There was there was literally zero metaphor in that song. You were just song lyrics are always about something else. So you know, here comes the sun. That wasn't about the sun. Right, but I mean, this was very very specific about details. We'll see in the sky with diamonds. That was about LSD, man. No, I, I I'm aware that was about LSD, but 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 this was ripped right from the headlines. I mean, there were names. <laughs> In this song specifically, you, you you mentioned the school of the deaf. I mean, that recently happened. What, what was this song about to you? Um, it's about good times and partying, being with your bros. But how does how does good times? Saturday nights in the back of the pickup. But how does that relate to molestation of of, of, of children from the school of, uh, from the, of the deaf? It's all metaphors, man. I don't know if it was metaphors.
Welcome to the dusk of the Age of Enlightenment. Between the global warming deniers, the opponents of stem cell research, the creationists, and the Tea Partiers, the stock of reason and rationality is plummeting. That stock didn't go up in Britain this month either when one after another Tony Blair and then Pope Benedict went after non-believers. Blair, Bush's poodle who wagged his tail for the war against Iraq, urged all religions to unite against atheists and secularists. Said Blair, we face an aggressive secular attack from without. Not to be outdone, the Pope, upon arriving in Britain this week, picked up Blair's phrase and pushed it further. He denounced aggressive secularism and atheist extremism, whatever they are, and linked them to Nazism. This is the Pope, after all, who was a Nazi himself in his youth, so his credibility here isn't so great. Plus, he's the guy who presided over the pedophilia scandal and told the people of Africa that condoms don't prevent AIDS. Why anyone would listen to the Pope or to Tony Blair is beyond me, but then again, a lot is beyond me these days when reason and rationality are valued so lowly. You can support this podcast at no additional cost yourself when you shop at Amazon through a special widget posted at bestoftheleft.com. You can use the widget to search for what you're looking for or simply click through and shop the site normally. Better yet, click through on the widget once and bookmark that page to use every single time you shop. By doing this, Amazon will donate around 7 or 8% of the cost of your order to support this show without adding a dime to your bill. It's very little effort on your part, but can make a huge difference to support the show. Check out the widget on the right side of bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. The Onion Radio News. God loses his decision-making coin. This is Doyle Redland reporting. The Lord God has confirmed that he has misplaced his special decision-making coin. The coin, a relatively unremarkable 1972 nickel, has been used almost daily by the Supreme Being for over four billion years for the purpose of determining everything from the direction of the wind to the outcome of history. The visibly distraught God added, I have no idea where I put it. I remember flipping it last night for a couple in Monroe, Michigan, who were trying to conceive a child, but I haven't seen it God also said he hopes to locate the coin before 7.15 Thursday morning when United Flight 251 takes off from Seattle with actress Dixie Carter on board. Royal Redland for the Onion Radio News. situation in Africa where they actually thought that the kids they're now child witches I just find that so sad and I mean they're, they're also going as far as actually pouring in some instances to I guess exercise them mm -hmm. to pour petroleum in their eyes these kids boys 8 to 14 you know usually that designation is for elderly women, adult women, now they're targeting children. This is in places like the Congo, like Central Republic of Africa, like uh, Cameroon. I just find this just disgustingly sad. And so now they're saying the reason for that is one of the, the problems is HIV urbanization, but also what they're also saying is that part of the reason is because a lot of these communities have a growing interest in Pentecostal and revivalist churches and that's kind of enforcing these superstitions and the boys who are supposedly witches were either born with disabilities mental or physical were maybe born in a wrong position but I'm just saying that sometimes people use religion in such a wrong way it's just so pathetic online right now you have a number of people commenting on this I mean they're going after the church and saying you know, that's why there should be a church and all these various comments. But you know what? It's not the church necessarily that's at fault. It's the education of the people who are leading the church. And that's the problem I have.
No, I, I, no, I'm 100% with you, obviously, on this. And look, we've covered this story before. And what, the reason that a lot of people do it is that these pat, pastors uh, pass themselves off as uh, witch doctors. And then they get paid a lot of money to go find kids that are witches or sometimes adult women who are witches. And uh, what they do, it's just it's disgusting on every level, is they pick kids that look a little different. So if you're an albino kid in one of those countries, boy, you're in a lot of trouble, because that's target number one. But anything, it could be that they're twins, it could be that they were born early or late, it, they just try to find somebody that sticks out in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes they say if the kids are, have learning disabilities, and if, or if the kid is too smart, so they take the smartest kids. And, you know, Zara described the pouring the oil in their eyes, which is, of course, blinds them and, and sometimes kills them and is is hideous. Sometimes they burn the kids alive at, to, yeah. you, know, you know, exercise the demons from them. It, it's so grotesque. And then sometimes you hear that, and a lot of people in this country are like, oh, yeah, Africa. But they're supposed to be Christians. This is the Christian church. And I get that the local culture seeps in no matter what religion it is, right? And then it's a mix of all that stuff. And you can't just blame it on the religion. You can't just blame it on the culture. But uh, there's for the, for the governments, there's no excuse. This should be priority number one to protect the, the most vulnerable in your countries from these grotesque, you know, witch doctors, literally, who are scam artists who will, you know, burn kids alive for money. You know, I, I can't find anything more disturbing than this. It should be completely legal. I mean, this is one issue. I mean, I'm going to try and figure out a way to contribute. You know how I am, right? <laughs> because I'm so, I'm so appalled by this particular story. But, um... Yeah. Anyway. No, no. Yeah. And, and look, of course, even if it's illegal, the question is how much does the government work to make sure it doesn't happen? Because if it's illegal and they just ignore it, it just keeps happening, right? Uh, but you've got to actually go and do real enforcement. And point number two is, if you're within the Pentecostal church, you know, it's your responsibility, no matter where you are in the world, to say, hey, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This is totally unacceptable. And you need to, the hierarchy in that church needs to go talk to those pastors and say, under no circumstances should this be allowed. And if it's, we ever hear a hint of it, everybody's fired. Exactly. And, and just in the same way that the leadership of the Catholic Church now has to be looking at its own policies regarding sexual abuse and whatnot and the protection of their own priests, the Pentecostal Church leadership of this needs to be taken to task by the media, the people like us. There you go. Well, we're trying our best. Hi, Jay. This is John in San Francisco. I just uh, became a member. Uh, it was kind of a really slow time, and you were you were a little bit. There was some urgency in your request um, to fill up that that slow time of the year, and so I just went online and I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. I just give you a donation just to help you through that slow time. And you were you were kind enough to just say, look, you know, I'm just going to give you. Uh, you said, John, I'm going to give you a membership uh, for this donation. Thanks for the donation. So, and that was nice. Uh, I was, you know, you, you gave me all this extra, uh, these extra feeds that uh, I can get. So, I thank you for your show. I encourage any listeners to uh, to join if you haven't. I think it's a, I think it's a great podcast, and it's pretty much the main podcast I look forward to uh, listening to before I, I get to the others. All right, thanks, and talk to you later. Bye. Nation, regular viewers of this show know I have a long-standing beef with astrophysicist Stephen Hawking. What kind of megalomaniac names his TV show Stephen Hawking Master of the Universe? <laughs> Folks, there's only one master of the universe, and it's He-Man. I like to see Hawking pull off the furry Speedo look. Well, screw Heisenberg, folks. It's time once again to say with total quantum certainty, Stephen Hawking is such an a-hole. See, Hawking, Hawking won't even share his mastery of the universe with the guy who made the universe. Jim? Hawking writes in his book, it is not necessary to invoke God to light the blue touch paper and set the universe going. Can you prove that God does not exist? One can prove that God doesn't exist, but science makes God unnecessary. 
Oh, science makes God unnecessary? Well, I say your books make Ambien unnecessary. <laughs> Besides, Steve, scientists do need God for when they graft a kitten's head onto a chicken and cry out, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> Plus, it's just, it's just plain rude. If you take the Big Bang away from God, what does he have left? Ooh, he burned a bush and got a girl pregnant. <laughs> Great, he's a high school junior. <laughs> what are we supposed to do without God now? When I want my football team to win the playoffs, am I supposed to pray to physics? When I won my Grammy last year, should I have thanked the periodic table? And when I'm engaged in the sweet act of lovemaking, should I cry out, oh, friction? <laughs> Actually. Friction does deserve a little credit. The point is, folks, Stephen Hawking, is a marauding sociopath hell-bent on dismissing the achievements of our divine creator. Do you think you're such a big shot raising people from the dead? Or a sleight of hand with a loaf of bread? You're a secondary magician with everlasting life Whose latest trick is my disappearing wife I'm as good as that guy named Jesus with the prosthesis and I can walk on water when it freezes I'm as good as that guy named Jesus After the death of Pope John Paul II, world-renowned physicist Stephen Hawking revealed instructions he had once been given by the pontiff during a cosmology conference at the Vatican. According to Hawking, the Pope said, it's okay to study the universe and where it began, but we should not inquire into the beginning itself because that was the moment of creation and the work of God. Stephen Hawking and his fellow physicist, Leonard Malata now, are doing what Galileo did hundreds of years before them and ignoring the Pope's advice. Our number one story, the co-authors write in their new book that God was not necessary for the creation of our universe. Mr. Malad now joins me presently. Grand Design asks the fundamental questions, why is there something rather than nothing? Why do we exist? Hawking and Malad now assert that when asking who or what created the universe, the answer God only serves to kick the can down the road because there's the other one, which is who or what created God. The authors believe the origin of the universe can be explained scientifically, quoting, as recent advances in cosmology suggest, the laws of gravity and quantum theory allow universes to appear spontaneously from nothing. Spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist. It is not necessary to invoke God to light the blue touch paper and set the universe going. The book does not explicitly rule out the existence of God. Still, religious leaders are are getting bent out of shape. England's Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, Chief Rabbi Lord Sachs have issued rebuttals to the book, and then there's Baroness Susan Greenfield, a British scientist and member of the House of Lords, who told the BBC, quote, they, scientists, can make whatever comments they like, but when they assume, rather in a Taliban-like way, that they have all the answers, then I do feel uncomfortable. Joining me now, Caltech physicist and Grand Design co-author with Stephen Hawking, Leonard Malad. Now, thank you for your time tonight, sir. Thank you. The Baroness uh, has half apologized for the comparison to the Taliban. I don't know if she read the book, but you do. You're, you're not. Neither of you are claiming to know everything, are you? <laughs> well, if she half apologized, I guess I should half thank her for the apology. <laughs> um, no, of course we're not claiming to know everything. Uh, the book is about, as you, as you said, two main questions. Where did the universe come from and why are the laws of nature what they are? And we give scientific answers to those questions. And from those answers we conclude that God isn't necessary for either of those. And that's all we say. We, we don't pretend to prove that there's no God. We don't give any mathematical proof that there's no God. We don't say you shouldn't believe in God, that it's bad to believe in God. We don't even say that God didn't create the universe. We just say that God is not necessary as an answer to those questions. But uh, I, if I might add, yeah. I, think, I think some of the histrionics uh, around this, such as those comments that you quoted, are counterproductive and poison the whole discussion. As they always do when they come from religious leaders, whether it's about a movie or a book of science or about Galileo's work, but often it winds up with, the, in fact, the work getting greater distribution than it would have had otherwise. But let me play... Um, God's advocate, in, to, to twist the old phrase, 
The laws of gravity and quantum theory are the, the cause of the spontaneous creation of the universe. That is the, the ultra-simplified version of the book. Could not a god or a force of some sort have created the laws of gravity and quantum theory? Well, Keith, people have always uh, looked around and asked themselves big questions, and mm -hmm. sometimes it seems to them, uh, it seems to all of us, that the answers to those big questions could only be the work of some deity. Uh, for instance, people look at, at the human being and they say, this is such a magnificent creature, uh, it could only be the work of God. And, and you know, Darwin showed that that wasn't true, that, that science can explain that. And we're talking about two other issues, the creation of the universe and why the laws of nature are what they are, and it's a natural instinct they have that that could only be the work of God, but we show that, that that science can answer those questions too. Now when we give those answers, of course, science is based on laws. Physics is based on, we're, we're saying the laws of physics explain that. You could say, well, where, do, where do those laws come from? Is that God? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, you could define God to be that way. You could, you, you know, whatever our answer is, you can always say, but why, and say that that's God. And, you know, if, if people feel the, that they want to do that, that, that's fine. That's consistent with what we say. How is the progress of cosmology going? Is there a chance that we will ever know without doubt that it's correct or incorrect? Well, physics isn't like mathematics, so you don't, you don't prove things beyond doubt using uh, logical reasoning and the laws of mathematics. It's physics is an observational science, so when we have a theory, what you do is you gather evidence to either confirm the theory or disprove the theory. So in the case of Stevens' theories, the best place to look for that evidence is the, what's called the cosmic microwave background radiation. And there are, plan there are satellites, one was just recently launched, that are analyzing that, uh, the cosmic microwave background, which is really the afterglow of the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. And that has encoded in it how the universe began. And so from, from these sorts of observations, we hope to find evidence supporting the theory or, or refuting a theory. And science goes on, and, and that's the march of science. And it's only after many observations that we have confidence in our theories. But we don't claim to have the absolute answers mm -hmm. that, uh, in the way that religion does. The scientist reported that there ain't no purpose, and the theologian told me that it's all been designed. And now I'm trying to maintain objectivity. The world won't illuminate what really matters. And I'm in a perfect mortal meaning extractor, processing the complexity. Born of the earth, we were given a choice. What about free will? The Jews' covenant is up for renewal with God. It's the Onion Radio News. I'm Doyle Redland. The covenant between Abraham and the God of the Hebrews expired today, setting off fierce renegotiations between Jews and God's legal counsel. Hollywood super agent Mike Ovitz is negotiating for the Jews. If God thinks we're just going to roll over and re-sign, he's got another thing coming. Jews are hoping for a package deal, retaining their status as the chosen people, but with an additional 6% on the back end. Doyle Redland for the Onion Radio News, online at the Onion. So let's presuppose for a moment that you actually enjoyed this show. Now, if that's true, please consider supporting it with a $5 monthly membership. I actually quit my job as a climate activist to pursue this show full-time because this is where I felt like my talents could best be put to use and I could have the biggest impact on the world. But I really need your support to keep going. I produce 10 shows a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule posting shows at least every third day. So if all that is worth five bucks a month or as little as $55 a year, a little discount for you, please consider signing up for a membership at bestoftheleft.com. Members even receive bonus audio and video content on top of the rest that doesn't make it into the final cut of the show. So please, again, check out the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Uh, let's do clip number two first. That's the uh, clip where uh, this guy, he's uh, with the National Organization uh, for Marriage Activists. His name is uh, Larry Adams, and uh, and he is definitely against uh, gay rights, uh, and he's going to make clear why. Trust me, it's worth the wait. There's a nice little twist here at the end. 
Let's watch. So, will you just tell us your name? Uh, my name's Larry Adams. Okay, and um, can you tell us why you're here today at the Nom, at the Nom Rally in Indianapolis? Well, I'm, I'm, I believe what they believe in. Marriage between a man and a woman, not between a woman and a woman, a man to man. Uh, God designed that in a natural way, Adam and Eve. And two men can't provide us child and two women can't provide a child. The only way you can do it is by artificial insemination, which is against God's word too. And I love all these people I hear this gets a hard time and uh, they're just lost. They're all confused about what's right and what's wrong and the Bible says the last day men's mind will get confused what's right and wrong wrong and they say right is wrong and wrong is right. And I'm trying to tell them the right thing out here because I, I care for them. I don't want anybody to go to hell. So what what do you think will happen if gay and lesbian people are allowed to get married? Well, they're doing it right now in several states right now. And so has the world sort of ended because those people have been able to get married? Or how no. has it affected your life that these people I, I, think, I, think, I think God is real patient with this, but eventually his patience is going to give out and he's going to say, okay, that's enough. He done with Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, okay, I've, I've been patient with you. I couldn't find ten righteous men in Sodom and Gomorrah, so I'm going to wipe them all out. And what, what you got to do with sin is you got to take it out. And the law is supposed to be, with the Indiana laws, let's say, um, uh, if, if you're just some uh, that gets the law, you need to be punished. I wouldn't talk to these two. They're not, they're not out for any good. And, uh, uh, in order, order to punish people for doing the wrong things, you're, you're stopping sin like this here. If homosexuality was, was, was it's supposed to be against the law. If it was punished like it's supposed to be, there wouldn't be so much homosexuality out here. Do you think that to be a homosexual is a choice? Or do you think God made them that way? It's a choice. It's a choice. So do you think that you could choose to be a homosexual? It's always a choice. So now, God wouldn't make somebody something that, that they couldn't go to heaven. They could all go to heaven. But they couldn't go to heaven if they made that way by God. So you, you can make the choice to, to be attracted to a man right now. Like You, you can go yeah. out and date a man right now. God gives that choice. Have you ever had that temptation? You what? Have you ever had that temptation? Oh, yeah. You have? But yeah. You, you sort of just avoided it? Well, I knew it was from the devil, so I avoided it. Uh, uh, do you ever wonder, and my last question is, you know, uh, I don't know if you're a God-fearing person, but do you ever uh, wonder, what if you're wrong? You know, what if, what if you know, God made, the, no, made these homosexual people to be okay, and what if, what if you have to sort of justify how you feel about them once you sort of meet your maker? Well, uh, I was all confused myself until uh, I was about 40 years old, and uh, I started reading, reading the Bible. Somebody told me about reading the Bible, I started reading it, and now I know what's right and what's wrong. you got to know what's right and what's wrong, and then the Bible says what's right and what's wrong. And I, the Bible the, says it, then I The I Bible believe. says a lot of things are right and wrong, but you're here at this rally today, but you yeah. don't protest other things that the Bible is necessarily Oh yeah, there's a lot of things out here that's wrong, and uh, it's not all black and white. Sometimes people say they don't know what God and how God interprets it. So I, I try to help. I'm a spokesman for God, so I'm not supposed to be out here as an ambassador for God and tell what what it really means. Some people, you know, 50 years ago or so, uh, black and white people should marry, like I should marry you, for example, um, even if you love me. And some people would compare that situation about 50 years ago to this situation. I'm just... Well, no. Uh, I, I can marry a black woman. Uh, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. That, and it means don't be uh, married to somebody that's got a different God, not, not a different color. Race has nothing to do with, with uh, getting married. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Uh, you're welcome. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, by then, I felt absolutely bad for the guy. Yeah, I f exactly. I felt sorry for him. I was confused until I was 40, and then I read the Bible, and if the Bible says it, then I'm going to believe it. Yeah, somebody hoodwinked, somebody pulled the wool over his eyes, you know? And, you know, obviously he's got those uh, 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 temptations, I, and I'm sh it would, I would be shocked if he did not act upon those when he was confused until the age of 40, right? And then somebody came in and said, no, 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 God, you know, doesn't like what you're doing, mm -hmm. probably racked with guilt, you know? And staying up at night, and then they, and look, and he, he was wrong about the ending. Fifty years ago, they were saying, "Yeah, God doesn't want black people and white people to get married." They're saying it's in the Bible, and they would point to biblical uh, things where they say, "Oh no, black people are bad, etc." 
and they had their Bible verses just like they do now. He's historically incorrect, right? But they don't tell him that, right? And then he says, oh, no, 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 it's not about black and white. I'm not supposed to get married to someone who's of a different, believes in a different God. So that's more discrimination, right? Mm -hmm. And he gets taught this discrimination on a, and, and that discrimination gets taught on a massive scale. And now he thinks, you know, oh, uh, God takes, he said, if there's sin, you take it out. You know? He's worried God's going to punish him. That amazes me. And he's going to waste the rest of his life worrying about stuff like that and feeling guilty. I know. And not acting on what is his real nature. I know. It's so sad. Uh, what amazes me is that someone was, he was e impressionable at the age of 40. Like right. some douchebag came along and said, oh, you're gay, well, you're going to go to hell, and the Bible says the A, B, and C. At 40 years old, you'd think you'd be smart enough not to listen to stupidity like that. I know, but look at the guy. I mean, you know, the way he talks and stuff is, and look, this is all sick stuff, you know. And the way he talks is he's a really gullible guy. And that unfortunately, you know, look, I say it every time, religion has a lot of good parts, a lot of charity, a lot of reaching out to poor, etc. I tell you about Sandra, who uh, goes down to Guatemala for her vacation two weeks a year, does nothing but feed the poor. Okay, amazing, right? So th there's that side, but there's this side, the ugly side, mm -hmm. and they take gullible people and they brainwash them with, you know, however you want to phrase it, discrimination, hate, etc. And nobody ever told that guy, "You're going to go to hell if you eat shrimp." Nobody ever told him that, mm -hmm. right? But that's in the Bible right next to that verse. And we've gone over it a million times, right? And he doesn't have enough sense, unfortunately, to think, hey, wait a minute, why didn't they emphasize that part, right? Why did they emphasize this part? Look, hey, has he ever felt guilty? Has he ever wavered and had the temptation to eat shrimp and then felt like, oh, no, I'm going to go to hell if I eat shrimp and stop? No, because no pastor ever brainwashed him with that, mm -hmm. even though it's just as much in the Bible. It's so, it's sad, man. By the Nothing way, I'm, gonna, I'm about to say something that's offensive, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, here we go. Okay, no, the part... Yesterday was no, Tuesday. By the way, you know why I always play that? Because I'm in the wrong bank, and that's number 43 in bank three. And number 43 in bank one is... You're about to say something controversial. Right. Look, look, that part of the Bible where it talks about how you're going to go to hell if you eat shrimp. Like, wouldn't an intelligent person read that part of the Bible and think to themselves, okay, this discredits everything else that's in this book? Like, what, why would you go to hell for eating shrimp? I'm sorry, I know, that's a terrible thing to say, I don't care. No, 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 he, look, there's a lot of built-in excuses. And, I, you know, that sounds like I'm being offensive. Like, but in my mind, there's some guy from however many years ago who's, like, writing funny things in a book, and then people, <laughs> people found it, and they're like, oh! <laughs> so, for the atheists in the crowd, they love that description. <laughs> writing funny things in a book, and somebody goes, oh! Now, by the way, it says you. Of course, not, doesn't say specifically shrimp. It says uh, all shellfish. So oh, so oysters. You can't eat oysters. Oh, mussels out, lobster out, clams out, crabs out. But why? All that is out. But why? No, no. They had a reason back then, and you know, I was just explaining this to Wendy's mom because in Islam you can't eat pork, and she's like, she's Chinese. She's like, then what would you eat? <laughs> right? She's like, what do you mean you can't? Why do can't you eat pork? Right? And I said, because back in the day, people were getting sick, because pigs are really dirty. If you don't cook them exactly right, mm -hmm. you'll get sick. So Muhammad didn't want his army getting sick. Keep it real, mm -hmm. right? So he told them, don't eat the pig. But now, you know, 16, no, 1,400 years later, people are denying themselves lovely pepperoni pizzas mm -hmm. and BLT sandwiches because Muhammad didn't want his army getting sick. It was logical back then. Shellfish you also had a lot of problems with. Mm -hmm. uh, from people getting sick, etc. So it made sense back then. It doesn't make sense anymore. Red Lobster's got it on lockdown, right? And when you ask religious people, you say, well, why didn't you just give up once you saw that? I think it's actually a fair question. And a lot of them will have different answers for you. Look, the New Testament changes the rules in the Old Testament. Now, of course, the hypocrites will say, oh, how, well, then you say, okay, how about you know, the, They'll pick and choose things that they like. Uh, exactly, exactly, right? But there's a lot of good religious people who won't, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, um, 
you know, those laws, like I said, they'll say those laws made sense back then, that's why God gave them to them at that time, they don't necessarily make sense now, and that God wants you to use your judgment, mm -hmm. okay? And those are the more reasonable religious folks, and that's fair. Can I give you mine? Yeah, go ahead. Because I noticed you guys never Reverend Jackson, go ahead. I, I noticed it's always avoided. Uh, um, <laughs> what, we're avoiding the Christian? Yeah, always. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Well, because you can, you can say, oh, that doesn't make sense. Because guess what? Some guy wrote that part, you know? Yeah. Or some guy wrote all the parts. But it shouldn't discredit the belief in a higher power. That's all I'm saying. Like a, a, yeah. a, 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 a story about one way or a story that, that people tried to tell people to believe in God. These, are, these, were, these were ways I think. This is all just my assumption. I don't know anything. Now, let me build That's on the that. Thing. I, don't, I don't know everything, you know? I don't know anything. I'm, I'm going off of what I think from what I can imagine from how long ago everything was going on. You know? Right. Let, let me just say one more thing about that, right? It, I think my mom might have said this, and I thought it was a pretty good point. It might have been someone else. It might have been Zara, funny enough. I, I don't remember who it was. They said, look, it's a path to God, right? And so a lot of people be, believe in a higher belief, higher consciousness, etc. And I don't find any fault in that whatsoever. I, I don't pretend to know what, what that answer is, right? That's why I call myself agnostic. And they said, look, I was born into this path. It's okay. I mean, you could be in that path. I'm not against you if you're Muslim or you're Buddhist or whatever it is, or you reach it in any way you like. And I'm not saying this is 100% right, okay, all the dogma and all the rules. I'm just saying it's a path to God, and it happened to be my path to God. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was one of the most fair explanations of their belief in their particular religion that I'd ever heard. Mm -hmm. A little better? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I have no problems with anyone's path to God. As uh -huh. long as your path to God doesn't discriminate and hurt others. Yeah, okay? here, here. That's here, it. Here. I think almost every one of our members would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Whenever God shine a light on me, open up my eyes so I can see. When I look up in the darkest night, then I know everything is going to be all right. In deep confusion, in great despair. Our top story tonight coming out of Europe, the Pope, or Big Poppy, as they call him in Boston, left Italy earlier this morning to visit the United Kingdom. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't do this. I, I'm sure the 500 years in the making reconciliation of the de facto head of the Anglican Church, the Queen of England, and the infallible leader of the world's billion Catholics is interesting to some. But the buzz I'm hearing on the street, in the cafes, some of your nicer unisex bathrooms. <laughs> is that people can talk about little else than something that happened on this very program not two weeks ago. I, John Stewart, am announcing that I will have an announcement sometime. <laughs> it was... I know you remember too. It was the pre-announcement heard round the world. Many say rivaling in anticipation the night before Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech when he pre-announced, I'm going to sleep now, let's see how this turns out. <laughs> Courtesy of the King Archives. Well, friends, the time for pre-announcements is past. Tonight, I bring you the actual announcement! But first, if I may, how did we get here? We live in troubled times with real people facing very real problems. Problems that have real if imperfect solutions that I believe 70 to 80 percent of our population could agree to try and could ultimately live with. Unfortunately the conversation and process is controlled by the other 15 to 20 percent. 
You may know them as the people who believe that Obama is a secret Muslim planning a socialist takeover of America so he can force his radical black liberation Christianity down our throats. <laughs> or that George Bush let 9-11 happen to help pad Dick Cheney's Halliburton stock portfolio. You've seen their signs, Obama is Hitler. Bush is Hitler. What's the problem, people? Do you have no idea what a Stalin mustache looks like? It's very distinctive, it's easy to draw. Just think Super Mario's mustache with Wario's personality. <laughs> we have seen. We have an audience of nine-year-olds. <laughs> we have seen these folks, the loud folks, over the years dominate our national conversation on our most important issues. The Republicans want you to die quickly if you get sick. Obama's plan is going to kill you. The Republican Party has gone completely brain dead. Obama is destroying this country. War criminal! Do you think President Obama's a socialist? Sure. Almost crazed teabaggers. We want our country back! Hell the Here's the, the deal. comfort I take is that you're gonna rot in hell. Obama's brown shirts in the media that insult people. Go yourself, Mr. Cheney. Can you hear me, Obama? President Obama, are you listening? Are you listening? Forget about it. Yes. As you can see, it is easy to get caught up in it. But why don't we hear from the 70 to 80 percenters? Well, most likely because you have to do. <laughs> and quite frankly, even if you didn't have to do, you may lack the theatrical flair necessary for today's 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week news media. You may have an assault rifle, but don't think it's appropriate to bring to a rally. <laughs> Filled with your unarmed citizen brethren. You may be interested in a topic, but not dress all in pink, cover your hands in fake blood, and act like you snuck into a meeting that's public in the first place interested. <laughs> but that ends tonight. For tonight, I announce the rally to restore sanity. It is happening, people. It is happening. It is happening. We will gather on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., a million moderate march where we take to the streets to send a message to our leaders and our national media that says, we are here. We're only here, though, until six because we have a sitter. A clarion call for rationality. This will take place on Saturday. October 30th, 2010. Now you're probably saying to yourself, October 30th, 2010. That rings a bell, that rings a bell. The 36th anniversary of George Foreman and Muhammad Ali's rumble in the jungle in Zaire. <laughs> yes, but that's not why the date is significant. I'll tell you the significance of October 30th. You see, The Daily Show is actually already going to be in Washington doing shows. <laughs> from Monday the 25th to Thursday the 28th. And we all thought that if we did it Friday, we were still gonna be really tired from doing the shows. So we thought we could use the day to just like, you know, and, uh, and then we were thinking like, well, what about Sunday? You know, that's Halloween and a lot of us have kids. We'd like to see them trick or treat because it just goes so fast. And uh, so October 30th, we thought, well, geez, that just makes the most sense. Anyway, you may be asking, you may be asking yourself right now, sitting at home, but am I the right type of person to go to this rally? The fact that you would even stop to ask yourself that question, as opposed to just, let's say, jumping up, grabbing the nearest stack of burnable holy books, strapping on a diaper, and just pointing your car towards DC, that means I think you just might be right for it. Ah, I see you're intrigued. I see you're intrigued. I see you're intrigued, but there's something still bothering you. As a reasonable, busy person, I'd love to come, John. But I really don't have time to handcraft a message or some signage. Not to worry. That's where we come in. 
We're going to have signs for you down there. If you don't have time, of course, you can bring your own, but here's a quick one. I disagree with you, but I'm pretty sure you're not Hitler. <laughs> classic. Oh, how about this for the dissatisfied yet non-ideological amongst us? Got competence? <laughs> you know, I noticed there's a lot of conspiracy rally stuff going on at these things. Here's one for our rally. 9-11 was an outside job. <laughs> Here's one. Legalized pot. Now... I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how this got in there. <laughs> Turns out, anytime you have a stack of signs, this one always seems to end up in it. We didn't put it in there. I think this is actually what happens when signs breed. Perhaps this one is more to the point. I am not afraid of Muslims, tea partiers, socialists, immigrants, gun owners, gays, but I am kind of scared of spiders. <laughs> this rally that is real is a day that will absolutely... Hold on one second. This is a... Hello? Is that... Not that. Oh my God, I think it's this phone. Yeah, hello? Yeah. Hello, John. Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Stephen, I'm, uh, I'm kind of in the middle of... Uh... Announcing your rally? Oh, I'm well aware of what you're up to, John. Huh? I'm looking at you right now. Wait, what? Oh my God! The car is coming from That's right, John. That's right, John. And if you think you can lead your flock of sheeple and peeps to some glorified noodle fest on the mall, you got another thing coming, mister. Brian, stop me, Cole. Oh, I will! <laughs> Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for the Colbert Report. Well, I will announce... No one will hear you! Hello? Damn you, AT&T! Yes! See you in 10 minutes, Colbert! We are gonna do this! The forms have been filled out! The checks have been written! It's gonna be about two to three hours, one Saturday, in our nation's capital in late October, for some nice people to get together for fun, maybe some special guests, and some great conversation. It'll be like being in a chat room, but real! <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a pretty reasonable request. See you October 30th on the National Mall, spreading the timeless message. Take it down a notch. <laughs> For America. Hey, Jay, it's your old buddy, Chris the Carpenter. Oh, and I'm from Cape Cod. Jay, I got to tell you, buddy, your old shows sound like crap. Here's the deal. I got this fancy stereo in my truck, right? And I just replaced the deck, and I've got a new deck that's got an iPod hole. I got a USB plug on the hole in the front of my stereo. So for the first time, and why wouldn't you want to drive around listening to great shows like Best of the Left and, and uh, you know, The Young Turks? Of course! Uh, so I got the iPod hole, and uh, I'm listening to Best of the Left now on uh, high-fidelity quality stereo equipment. And I was listening to some of the old shows, and, uh, well, all I can say is uh, I'm glad that you have figured out your mono stereo problem. And, uh, and the shows today, my friend, when played on quality proper stereo equipment, have never sounded better. So, sir... You have uh, not only content, but quality of presentation as well. 
you're a stand-up cat and a good American, and uh, and may God bless you. No, no, you know what, Jay? I hope all the gods bless you, buddy. Godspeed on your journey. I will talk to you at a later date, my friend. As far as the elections go, I think outside of the whole Democratic-Republican paradigm, things just aren't bad enough yet. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't hit our enlightening period. We're only in that point where people are actually out there doing something. We have a complicit media. And then on top of that, yep, the Republican games are so effective in two areas. One, infuriating people. They get people riled up. They get people going crazy. And then there's the other side of it, where they make progressives and people who actually have right ideas make them feel isolated. They make them feel like they're the only ones there. Like, I live in a small conservative area, and it's teabaggers nature out here, you know? And I, I noticed myself feeling like that for a while until I started talking to people. And I realized, you know, the majority of people are conservative here, but I'm not as isolated as I think I am. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, what's going on. I mean, somebody in my area who's a progressive, you know, might think, like, what's the point of going out and vote because Devin Nunes is going to win again? It's a crazy state of affairs, and I just wanted to bring that up. Hi, Jay. My name is Chris from Miami, Florida. I'm calling about the recent uh, torture issues. Three major things happened in one week, and as Glenn Greenwald at Salon.com says, it's almost too extreme to process. Uh, we have extracted $400 million from the Iraqi people for crimes that Saddam Hussein did 20 years ago, while at the same time denying access to the court system to anyone we torture and using state secrets privileges and at the same time reporting to the U.N. that we are anti-torture and prosecute and we're big human rights supporters. I think, you know, I know you've done it before, but maybe it's time for another American exceptionalism show. This is why they hate us. Bottom line, they don't hate us for our freedom. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks, of course, to everyone who wanted to call in and leave a message to be played on the show. If you'd like to do that yourself, the number to dial is 206-202-3410, 206-202-3410, and it was great to hear. I just want to mention, uh, good to hear from Chris the Carpenter. He's uh, one of the longest-serving listeners I have. I mean, I heard from him back in 2006, so I had only been doing the show for less than a year. I mean, he was probably one of the first uh, 2000 at least, if not, you know, within the first thousand listeners. So good, good to hear from you, Chris. And now regarding what we all heard that they're at, you know, what I consider the end of the official show, you know, before the show ends and then all this kind of BS at the end starts, I would love to hear your reactions to the, uh, the big announcement, uh, John Stewart on the daily show talking about the rally happening in DC. If you're planning on going, I would love to hear you say you're planning on going. And if you have some sort of specific reason why you want to go, um, let us know. You know, because I think it should be an, an interesting event. I just bought my ticket as uh, listeners were remarking on Facebook that it would be good if I went, and I agreed. So I got myself set up with a ticket to DC and a friend to stay with. So it, it should be a fun time. I would love to hear from you guys about if you're going and why. So if you want to do that, of course, the line to call 206-202-3410. And just for fun, I do plan on playing the Colbert announcement that happened, you know, the same night, just a few minutes later, and I will do that on the next show, unless I forget or something. Other than that, I just want to thank a couple of members and get out of here. Kevin M. signed up for a membership way back on uh, May 23rd, signed up for a monthly membership, has stuck with the show since then, and Pamela H., signed up for a full year starting on June 18th of this year. So huge thanks to both Kevin and Pamela and all of the members, of course, all the members and donors who make the show possible. I simply couldn't do it without you guys, so it's very, very much appreciated. Of course, everyone can support the show by spreading the word to every single person you know in person and online. Of course, to join up with the show and spread the word online, hook up with us on Facebook and Twitter. For details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all of that is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So, coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show, 
from bestoftheleft.com. Oh, oh, oh. We'll take you out.